Windmill 347 to trap one. How do you read me? Over. Listening to a Trap One podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Denise. And I'm Keith. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, indeed. We're in the space year 2020. Ridiculous, isn't it? Oh my god. <laughs> it's two minutes since 1995. I don't know how we've got to <laughs> <laughs> Do we know uh, which Doctor Who story is set in the year 2020? Uh, no. Power of the Daleks. Oh my goodness, so we should be on Vulcan then. Yeah, so pretty pleased I didn't um, didn't go on that colony ship to Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> now that we know what's happened there. And what would you do with all the mercury anyway? To make cats. Oh, that's good. Is it mercury in hats that make people mad? I can't remember. Oh, mercury makes people mad. Yeah, yeah that's it, yeah. There you go, there'll be plenty of employment for you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably not um, ethical to actually create, uh, <laughs> create customers, but I don't know. Uh, and so, the other thing that has happened in 2020 is Doctor Who is finally back on the t- TV screens. Yay! Yes, that's a good start to the year. Two parties are back on our TV screens, which is brilliant. Big well. yay for that, yes. Big yay. Uh, so today we're going to talk about Spyfall Part 1. Mm. Just before the eve of Spyfall Part 2, so... Uh... Yeah, yeah, hopefully I can get this episode out before, uh, <laughs> <laughs> before the second episode's on tonight. Uh, if we try not to make any mistakes so there's not too much editing, that'd be great, because I'll just uh, I can just whack the music on each end of it and, and uh, upload it then. We'll be on our best behaviour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually me. It's usually me that, um, that, that flubs lines anyway, and uh, has to be edited out. Or your dishwasher. Yeah, that's it. It's, um, yeah, it is run at the moment. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, the pre-title sequence is also back for 2020, which um, I'm particularly pleased to see. I think it's like getting like a little mini cliffhanger within the episode, isn't it? So uh, uh, I think I've missed them. I missed them in series 11. It oddly made it feel like Doctor Who again for some reason, even though like, mm. the classic series didn't really have them at all. And I suppose in the last what, 15 years or so now, is it? That, yeah. Become, it's become what Doctor Who is, and it? it has that cliffhanger at the start. But uh, I just, Again, it's like uh, the previous story. It had this sort of epic quality of I mean, multi-location. Mm. I wonder if that's going to be Chibnall's sort of like uh, shtick for uh, special stories, but... Uh, no, it really did set it up. It looks so expensive as well. Mm. It looks amazing. Whether I mean, some people have said whether later episodes will just be like trying to get out of a room, yeah, offset <laughs> the budget. Who knows? We'll have to see. All the yeah, it's like Underworld. They've um, they spent all the money. Yeah, yeah we'll do a land of fiction job or something like that. But uh, it's all going to be CSR. But it looks amazing. It sounded so good. I mean, the music was really bondian, for want of a better word. Yeah, it? So, uh, I think I think they probably took it right up to the line of, um, uh, of, of, of pasti- copyright. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> pastiching the Bond music. Yes. With, yeah, with it's that. definitely in homage territory there. Yeah, uh, really, really nice. Um, like you say, yeah, it's good. It gives it's a really nice big. Epic setup. I think all those places are South Africa, aren't they? So uh, Australia, and then um, the the got the sniper in Africa. Um, I, think, I believe it's all filmed in and, and uh, California. You could kind of tell it wasn't Australia, unfortunately, because there was no smoke everywhere. Because currently, as we're recording, they've got a terrible fires in Australia at the moment, aren't they? Which is genuinely horrible. Yeah, awful, awful. Uh, so uh, 
South Africa. I think we, they used to Series Eleven quite a bit, didn't they? But, um, but they did, yeah. For, for multiple places here, um, I really like the way we caught up with the regulars at the beginning of the episode as well. <laughs> it was a nice way of uh, uh, filling in because there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, in Series Eleven, particularly about Yaz. Is she still a police officer? Um, why doesn't why, why is nobody bothered? Mm. She's never reported for duty. So uh, it was nice to get that little bit of explanation of of how she's getting away with this, uh, which again yeah. is a hallmark of the new series. People just disappear in the classic series, and, uh, and I, mean, I suppose you've got a time machine. You could literally arrive back at the moment you set off. But I suppose true. the child is being as unreliable as it is. It's probably a good idea to um, hedge their bet somewhat. Yeah. Did anybody have a problem with um, Ryan playing the basketball? In his clothes. I just imagine. I did think he was a little bit overdressed. Yeah, I just thought the rest of the story must have stunk of sweat and it put me off the entire story. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I saw him, I thought, oh God, no wonder uh, Yaz is reacting badly. You're probably a bit whiffy by now. <laughs> well, he just rocked up Mr. Bark- Basket and then uh, wandered away, didn't he? But. Uh... The yeah, he, was the he end of a game have been wearing his, yeah. his outdoor coat for that. Oh. And a jumper and a shirt. He must have been very sweaty. I didn't think of that, actually. That's it. Unfortunately, as soon as I did, it's all I could think of. I get like that sometimes. Right. But the fact that he missed it was a little reminder of his dyspraxia and uh, that he's not... Yeah. But that he's... You know, it's nice that he's got friends who love him. And it reminded me a bit of the scenes with Amy and Rory when their friends were talking to them about how much they'd missed and... All the rest of it, and oh, they yeah, say they're aging yeah. more quickly than their friends. The power that was a of three. story as well, wasn't it? So it's obviously yeah, something he likes. Yeah, the power of three, isn't it? Yeah, awesome. uh, mm. yeah that seems a long true. time ago now as well, doesn't it? it does it does? Uh, but yeah, that's um, it, it, again the, the classic series. They didn't care, did they? They just uh, they they had no um, no life that they couldn't just leave behind, get into the TARDIS, and then end up married on an alien planet and never be seen. Well, it way. was frequently it was frequently orphans, or but yes, I mean, can you imagine missing school school teachers just turn up again after two years, mm. seemingly nonplussed by anything? Yeah. After a year, a schoolgirl disappears, never to return. Yes, not suspicious at all. Mm. Yeah. Ian With two teachers in and prison, yes. <laughs> Would they have been arrested? Where is Susan Foreman? Yeah, was that patio dug up? <laughs> was it the same policeman who was in the first story? Yeah, I thought it was, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was nice to get that continuity that they got him back for one scene. Because I never um, checked, so uh, I assumed it was. But... And all of Yaz's family as well. I mean, I guess they're going to be later on in the series, so they could have filmed that at any point. But it was nice to get them all in there, wasn't otherwise, it? Otherwise, quite a good cast for quite a small um, little scene, otherwise, isn't it? Yeah. Speaking of the cast, great to see Stephen Fry finally making a, well, an on-screen Doctor Who appearance. Uh, was, he's he's um, sort of circled round it before. He was originally going to write Tooth and Claw, wasn't he? I think Joe, no, he, he was definitely slotted in for that season, I think. But was it not the um, theatre slot? Then he said oh, that'd be too expensive. That's why that was quickly, apparently written. I might be misremembering I this. That, I thought he was going to write Tooth and Claw. Um, and no, I think that was another act um, because um, JT said that um, the story wasn't really up to snuff. I don't think he's ever said who it was. Uh, RTD. RTD. What did I say? JT. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm having an eighties flashback day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ah, right. I, I, maybe I'll just put two and two together and, and uh, got that wrong there. But yeah, they, it was going to write for either series one or two, and then they said, oh, no, it's actually going to be the next series because it requires a bigger budget. Um, and then it 
yeah, it never materialised into anything. But um, he was in that audio in the wilderness years, wasn't he? Is it Death Comes to Time? Death Comes to Time, yes. Is it the Minister of Chance in that? He was. I think it was a Time Lord. He was rather good as well, I quite like him. Yeah, he's perfect to play a Time Lord, isn't he? But were you we shocked when he was killed then? Yes. I was genuinely surprised by that. I thought, mm. you can't kill Stephen Fry, he's a national treasure. And there he was dead. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought he was well, at least going to be in that episode more, but maybe become a, a recurring brigadier type yes, character. Yes, I genuinely thought that. Yes, is that the new brigadier? Obviously not. That, yeah, that would have been quite a nice idea that um, that when they're on Earth, um, in the absence of, of Unit and Torchwood, that he could have uh, tipped them off to unusual activity. But then would it be a bit too expensive, maybe? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's a busy guy. He probably wouldn't be able to commit to something. I think he's genuinely a fan, though. I've, I've seen him tweet about the series, particularly during the Matt Smith era. He used to tweet about it, about how much he was enjoying it quite a lot. And I remember he used to do a podcast years ago, um, and he called it his Podgram. And he's probably the first, oh, I remember that, yes. Yeah, I think it's probably the first podcast I ever listened to. And uh, on one of them he was talk, talking about having watched An Unearthly Child, the, the first episode, and then his family moving house in between that and the, the second episode of, uh, of the first story. And the TV breaking in the move. Um, oh, no. And him saying basically like the, the, he's never experienced the level of excitement about the second episode. Mm. And then the level of disappointment at not being able to watch it uh, when the TV broke. So I think he's a, a sort of long-standing viewer. Um, and I guess that's how you sometimes get people of that stature, isn't it? Because they've got... Um, mm an affection for, for the series or because their kids have uh, uh, encouraged them to, to go for it. Do we know who hacked the car? I've watched it a couple of times now. I can't, is it, has the master done that? Or have the aliens done that? It's not clear yet, is no. it? Because the other thing is the... Um, if the, the master's wanted to have a sort of like a big reveal, why would he want just like to kill them in the car then mm. unless he was just doing it for the fun of it? Yeah, because the laser bolts... That, that um, sort of firing through the window um, and, and they were coming out of the car radio or sat-nav, you never see those coming from the aliens. So the scenes that have actually got the aliens in, they're not firing laser guns. They kill people, it oh, seems, right. by touching them or absorbing them in some way, don't they? Oh, so gathering around folks, don't they? So is somebody else firing those laser bolts through the window of MI6? I just wonder if I just missed that bit, but uh, oh right, so it's obviously an ongoing mystery, then. that's good. Well, I think so, unless it is just them firing the lasers, but you never see that when they are attacking um, the uh, characters in Australia or anything, do you? No, I think um, with the with the laser killing, it's a remote thing, but it probably is the aliens as controlled by the master. Mm. Via Lenny Henry, who's another... Uh, yeah, and how old is that character supposed to be? I mean, Lenny Henry, he's over 60 now, isn't he? But he's, he's like talking about this. doing computer studies at school mm. and, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, I did computer studies at school and there was no internet <laughs> when I was doing it, you know. So there certainly couldn't have been when he was doing it unless he's yeah. playing a 40-year-old or something. Well, I'm, I'm 40 and there were very few computers in, in my school. Um, it was. Uh, it wasn't something that was sort of regularly. We had a computer uh, room with like uh, what was state of the art in those days. Mm. But, uh, these days, probably the telephone does more than that does. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had two BBC Model Bs, and we had another computer that ran a language called Comol, not even Cobol, but Comol. 
and that my computer studies O level <laughs> included such things as how card readers work and <laughs> what a systems analyst does, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> so very little uh, relevance to modern <laughs> computers at all. Yeah. But I have to say, I found Lenny Henry an absolute revelation. He's like, because we're used to him being such a jovial person, to seem to mm. be straightforward and to have like, quite a sinister air to him was... Uh, Really good. I was really impressed by him. And God, he's lost yep. weight. He's almost scared. Yep. Scary, skinny so. Lenny. Yes, he's, he does a good hard stare. <laughs> well, mm. I don't think I've seen. He was in Broadchurch, but I never watched Broadchurch. No, I've never seen him anything uh, dramatic. I know he has done it, but I've never seen him. Yet, and that's why I was so surprised. I I've only, yeah, I mean, in recent years, I've only seen him in sort of comic relief and those hotel adverts. I think. <laughs> I mean, I know he's done some Shakespeare and things, hasn't he? Ah, right. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, very good. But no, yeah, um, great, uh, great villain. Good sort of, like you say, his stare and everything. Um, his presence is quite, uh, mm. quite impressive. And uh, when um, Yaz and Ryan are doing the interrogation, um, and he's quite sort of just still, isn't he? And uh, uh, and deliberate. He's very good at that. Yes. Yeah, it reminded me of. Um, I think there's some scenes in the last Sarah Jane adventure where she's interviewing a internet mogul who isn't what he seems you know and uh, sort of parallels of that to a little extent i thought right sorry about my phone pinging sorry very popular lady <laughs> <laughs> if only i were <laughs> another question were the tardis fingers not moving when they were traveling uh, you know how the, what what's his name called the uh, the time sphincter Oh, it didn't um, look like they were moving. Just the uh, the rotor was going up and down. Yeah, it? this is what um, our friend Pete called, um, calls the time sphincter. The, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the the pillars that um, mm. that, that uh, yeah come to a come to a point around the top. I was of trying the, to spot uh, when the sort of. alien was trying to get into the TARDIS, which was like uh, an astonishing moment. I thought that would be like later in the series, you know, when they saw the trailer. I thought, oh, that that'll be yeah. later on. And when I saw that, I thought, oh god, that's really come early. And a lot of the stuff in the trailers. Been a lot of it's been from this ad, uh, from this episode. Yeah, very so, much. But, uh, um, and the, the that that effect of when they come out of the walls and they they take on some of the characteristics. Yeah, the retain what they walk through. Yeah, that's so really when clever. it's in C's office and it, there's a Queen Victoria and they're sort of a Union Jack and they're, they're sort of coming out coming out of the walls after them. Really, really effective. And then the, the interior of the TARDIS door as well. Yes, and it's always a bit scary to see something that can actually impregnate the TARDIS in that way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It looks the changes, I'm still not wedded with this console room, though. It's still, still not grabbing me. No. I mean, we don't really spend a lot of time in there, as a rule, do we? Well, somebody was saying that. Apparently, the it didn't light terribly well, and they had to do an awful lot of correcting in uh, post-production. Uh, so they've had to do a lot of changes. That's why we didn't see it so much last year. It was just, like, too much of a mm. faff to try and uh, correct the lighting on it, by all accounts. I can't remember I've heard I'm sure I've dreamt it. But, um, yeah, I think was, they were talking about a Radio Free Scorer. Maybe they were having difficulties with actual um, lighting. Which I think they've got a different uh, designer this year, obviously. Uh, I think the original one's gone to work on Dracula. Huh? Again, might have Dracula. <laughs> Did, we think that, Dracula? Yeah. Did we think the Logan gag was funny? Because I didn't. No, not really, no. Uh, it didn't make any sense. No, I'm, I'm worried it don't look like Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah, it fell a bit flat, didn't it? Yeah, that was really mm. It would have chimed better with me if he said, I don't look like Michael York. But, you know, 
It's an age oh thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that really would have been one for the teenagers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you used to like the TV show with uh, Logan's Run. I didn't know it was a TV yeah, show. Yeah, you didn't last very long. I was obsessed. I used to be a android mm. in it called Remy. Was used to, like completely obsessed by as a child. Mm. Yeah, that's a bit of a side to me. I've seen the movie, but I didn't know it was a TV series. I think um, one of the things this reminded me of a bit was Enemy of the World, where you've got the a lot of the globe trotting, obviously the Australia location. Oh. Um, you know, sort of the, the powerful sort of supposed philanthropist um, figure. Uh, and then the two companions going undercover as well, which um, is, is sort of quite unusual, but that's what happens with Jamie and Victoria, isn't it? Where they yes. go undercover yeah. to do. Um, in Salamander's house. Uh, so if we get a comedy chef next week, we'll know. Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> next week and be later today, then that's good. That's it. Yeah, that does sort of uh, remind me a little bit of that sort of, uh, that sort of vibe. And meanwhile, the Doctor goes to see the man of the moment. Yes, mm. Sasha Dewan. How exciting is that? Who, uh, I did, an actor I always really like. I mean, I always think, always think of him as Warius Hussein from yes. An Adventure in Space and Time, so wherever else he shows up in. Because um, I think the most recent thing I saw him in was uh, Netflix is Iron Fist. He was also with Dracula. This is very dexterous. Uh, I haven't watched Dracula yet. Um, it's still on, still on my planner. Yeah. Yeah, he's in it as well. Yes. <laughs> so he's obviously had he's a good yes. year. Mm. Yeah. But yes, I mean, I'd seen him before and obviously knew him as Waris Hussein. But, mm. uh, so do we what think a smile he has right got as about. the master. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the first time he did that enormous grin, yeah. Yeah. it was like, how many teeth has he got? This is like <laughs> Freddie Mercury's supernumerary teeth territory here. And did we all mm, that was it really quite something. Yes. So the second time I watched it, I was like looking for all the clues. What did I miss was the bits. And I thought where he was sort of like trying to tempt Graham with like bits about the Doctor on the Doctor's shelf. I wonder if that was a sort of mastery thing trying to... Uh, so discontent among the, uh, the fam. Do you think it was all fake news on that shelf? Oh, possibly. It's all, uh... Maybe real news, you know, because, I mean, if you really wanted to uh, mm. upset somebody about the doctor telling the truth and all the atrocities they've committed over yeah. the years, <laughs> would uh, be quite a good way. Yeah, they killed the vervoids. Oh. <laughs> Do we think they're writing fan fiction right now about how the master created Doctor Who, then, from the adventure of Space and Time? Yeah, yeah. from the, uh, yeah. He's, um, I, I think he's going to, I mean, see, see how it plays out, but um, looks like he's going to be a very good master. Um, I mean, that scene was just remarkable, wasn't it? With, with the, when, when, he, when he flicked and he realised he sort of, um, he's sort of mm. deciding really, wasn't he? Like, well, I can um, I can just uh, spin this out a little bit and say, oh, well, the file's wrong or something mm. like that. I was just, no, nah, I'll just tell them. Which at that point, why not? Because the bomb's already ticking and away. he's probably done that on purpose mm. anyway, because he set all that up. He wouldn't go sort of like get the pilot to just be and put a bomb there, then yeah. not just have, do, his, <laughs> do his revelation. So... Yeah, true. Probably thought she's really not picking up the clues issues. I'm just going to have to make it really obvious now. So, uh, yeah. Mm. And he's still mad, yes. clearly. So. Yeah. I think now for modern viewers, the Doctor is uh, loony, basically, isn't it? So it, that will always uh, that is the character now, I suppose. The Master. Master. Yeah. Master. The Doctor. Oh, oh, the right, Doctor's a madman in a box as yeah. well. So. I meant the Master. Or a mad woman in a box. Yeah. yeah. We need to point out we're recording this very early today. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and I guess the because I know um, some people feel that well, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but maybe Missy's Missy's um, character development and her arc of, of you know ending up with standing with the Doctor at the end I mean, of the Capaldi run, basically, wasn't it? Yeah. But I mean, it's already well established that um, whenever Time Lords meet their other incarnations that they can't remember it afterwards, can they? So the fact that that all happened in the presence of John Sims Master uh-huh. um, probably means that uh, the character can't actually remember, um, you know, kind of uh, the the enlightenment that uh, that they underwent anyway. And how brilliant was the call to the matchbox? I thought that was lovely. Um, yeah, because we, we I did, only then did I think, yeah, we haven't had that in the modern series at all, have we? Um, that sort of classic master... Because you got it from Delgado and Ainley, didn't you, that they do the... Mm, uh, the the t- tissue compression eliminator, yes. Mm. And in Deadly Assassin as well, so it was like mainly uh, Robert Holmes stories originally, wasn't it? Then uh, it became Ainley's um, modus operandi, didn't it? Yeah, so it's good to see that back, because it does it's <clears throat> differentiate from the other incarnations um, a little bit, I guess, as well. So uh, no, I, I was genuinely thought that was brilliant I was yeah. like on the edge of my seat I was sort of like in fun boy heaven again that was, yeah that was really excellent <laughs> well I think because we were not really expecting um, after series 11 there to be many elements from the past mm. um, it came as an even bigger surprise I don't know we're getting the cyber back but I, I'd expected them to be reintroduced you know as though we'd never seen them before and all the effort they'd gone to sort of like taking him out of the the, uh, the trailers yeah discussing that before we started recording whether they'd just re-recorded it with him not there or whether they actually edited him out digitally who knows but because uh, it's like they do for the Marvel uh, trailers like the Avengers um, you, you have characters deleted from various scenes so that you don't know uh, I guess who's, who survives and, and, and all that kind of stuff. It was certainly worth the effort because it was definitely sort of like an earth shock moment, wasn't it? Like having no idea. Mm. Some people apparently were spoiled about it, but um, I wasn't. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get any any hint of it. No, I, I hadn't heard anything. And um, indeed, when he and Yaz were in the casino together, I thought, is there a little spark of attraction or mm. romance between the two of them? You mm. know, could that be something that gets developed later on? And as for Yaz, she's certainly, they've taken on the criticism of giving her something to do with a vengeance, haven't they? Because she's had mm. so much to do in this episode. Yeah. And she's been great. I think she's becoming one of my favourite companions, actually. Yeah, she's, uh, she, was, she was really, really good in this story. And when she was sort of alone in that void and seeing the way it had affected mm. her. Cause normally, what do you think the void is? I think it's, because um, these aliens seem to have like, like tubes come out of their head. I wonder if it's links to them. Like mm. tendrils from their reality or something. Yeah, because I'm wondering if it's like a miniaturized, if they've been miniaturized somewhere. So yeah, are they within the within the alien creatures, or are they in some sort of machine? Or it's obviously something. Yeah, because it's like a sort of forest of wires, isn't it? Yeah, the master saying everything you know is a lie. It's obviously got to be something. Uh, unreal mm. it was affecting mm. reality in some way I suppose but because uh, of the hint um, of multiple earths as well isn't there when they, yes. when they decode the map yeah. there's different earths that, that some kind of multiple universe um, idea might come into play do we think Yaz is the same Yaz or maybe is is now either possessed or replaced or, or 93% human well 93% yeah. human now I think it's that's an interesting idea isn't it I think it's something I talked about when we did the Series 11 review. Is It's a bit of a rite of passage for a Doctor Who companion to be 
possessed in some way, isn't it? And none of these, none of the fam have had that yet. Mm. Uh, so is that something that's going to come into play here if, if she's been through some kind of process and maybe Lenny Henry's character has as well? It would be a shame, though, just where we actually get to know her. She's actually fundamentally been changed, so it means we've never really known her. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Are these things never last, though? Don't no, they? that's true. But, uh, unless it's going to be an ongoing story, because there are hints that there is going to be a, an arc. An arc, issue. yeah. Um, but it's all hints and rumours, who knows? I mean, there's no certainty of it now. In previous seasons, always we were just looking out for what the arc was going to be this year, weren't we? But yeah. uh, I love this sense of mystery we have now. Do we think with the master? Because I wasn't sure. The first time I watched it, I took it to mean that um, the character of O, the original human who was O, um, that the master had taken on his appearance. So in the way that like Romana could you know control what she looked like and uh, you know decided to look like oh, Princess Astra. Actually regenerated to look like it. But then the second time, and I watched it more carefully, and he says, "Oh no, I." took his place and joined MI6. And was him on the way to work, so presumably nobody would really know him at that point. Yeah, well, I mean, you think... I presume he would have been interviewed. You think the security checks would would include what he looked like, but whether that could then be, uh, you know, if he's got a... The the doctor's... Welcome aboard. Did you you speak a Caucasian woman at one point? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the doctor's been doing that with... um, uh, has, has been changing Yazzie's records uh, and sorting out her oh, sort of secondments and things, hasn't she? Oh. So uh, I guess it would be easy enough for the master to hack in and, and, and change it so it looks like this incarnation. So so basically, yeah, what, do you think he looked like somebody different and then the master just turned up looking as he did and said, oh, yeah, I'm this guy? It could even be a disguise, I suppose. I mean. Yeah. He He's got, be. like, one of those rubber faces on that... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <once> again... <laughs> Uh, it's missing underneath it. Wouldn't that be more? Yeah, and it's 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 probably like a, a master kind of long game plan that, isn't it? That he would spend years working at MI6. What I, I quite liked was somebody's theory on Twitter um, was that it was the master working at MI6 that got rid of Unit. Oh, I like that. That would have been good. Yes, that would uh, be excellent. Yeah. I thought it was just Tory austerity, but you know. Yeah, maybe it's behind that as well. Well, I think the because um, I think in in resolution, um, it was taken to mean that it was a, a sort of a comment on Brexit or something yeah. like that. But mm. I think an alternative one that I read was that it's about Trump. You know, when he's saying that, like, well, we shouldn't fund NATO and the UN anymore because uh, he believes that they fund it more than anybody else does. Oh. Um, mm. That it might actually be a comment on that because I think it says something about our partners. Have withdrawn finance or something along those lines. Yeah, but it's interesting that unit is still gone though. So I mean, it's obviously not something he's planning on returning. Yeah. Madam Redgrave seeing her pension disappearing quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in these times, you know, the idea of a sort of military organisation connected to the Doctor is just a bit too strange the way the military is perceived these days. But yeah. I suppose it also means the doctor's on her own more. She has to be more reliant on mm. herself rather than relying mm. on other people. Yeah, and I suppose if you're going to... The way they've been used probably more latterly is just a way into the story, isn't it? It's been sort of... Um, and she also has three companions already. She doesn't need, really need more regular characters around her, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Because I did wonder if, like, uh, O was going to be like a, sort of like a random companion like they were in the previous story. And yeah. And just joined for one adventure disappearance when it actually turned out to be... Uh, the master. Uh, well, I did. 
I did sort of think, um, I just expect him to be one of those characters that dies by the end of the episode oh. um, because he's befriended them. And, and like you said, Denise, it seemed like there was maybe a spark of romantic interest um, between him and mm-hmm. Yaz. That I thought, well, he's... <laughs> so he's that generally spells doom. Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to die. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, obviously the twist, uh, yeah, I totally never saw that coming at all. Um, but I did wonder if they were maybe hinting that Yaz uh, might die because... The, does the um, does the line about is it? Does she say to her boss something like um, I, "I will be coming back" or a family or something like that? She said, "I will be coming back." I promise. Oh, it says to the boss about all the secondments and finishing her uh, tutorage, wasn't it? Yeah, but I feel like she says something about about that she will definitely be coming back. And then after she gets back from the the weird realm that she gets zapped to, she says, oh, "I thought I was dead." And Ryan says, "Promise, I will never let that happen to you." Which is a rash promise, yeah. given their lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like the promise that the doctor gives to Rory's dad. Mm. Not them, never, never them. I yeah. mean, they didn't die, but they were and all the irretrievable. From the Titanic, yes. <laughs> of which about two survived, was it? <laughs> uh, it's. Um, so, do we so think it, the monsters of Vardens, Vord, Boneless, or glowing Tom Bakers? Which theory do you approve of? Well, I, I originally didn't think Vardens, but I thought, I mean, that would be such a switch to go from Series 11, no past elements, virtually no um, uh, virtually no references to, to bringing back the Vardens. Yeah. But the Vord would be the same thing. They're, they're both kind of one-time villains. But I think the, the company, uh, Barton's company is called Vore, isn't it? Which has, has led some people to think the Vord. <laughs> but it's also, I mean, Vore is also a... a consuming fetish so I mean these aliens could be consuming the world yeah I mean there could be something entirely new I just happened to know that it was just a <laughs> yeah of <laughs> course when you see that, things yeah. trying to break through from another world it's like um, shades of the Cybermen from the army of ghosts or um, also when particularly when it was in the um, case when um, made me think about the 486 from the children of earth ah yeah or the 456 wasn't mm. it yeah I'm sticking to my theory they're all glowing Tom Bakers. <laughs> well, that was the other thing, because there's a couple of references to the Doctor previously being um, a man. Mm. Because I think that was the thing in the in the first series. It wasn't clear whether the companions knew about regeneration, was it? Because the Doctor made some references. In the first story, um, she was sort of like saying that she changed everything. So there was a half an hour yeah. ago, I was a, I was a grey-haired Scotsman. Um, and then she says in another story, um, uh, I think the witch finders, isn't she, though, this wouldn't have happened if I was still a blog. Yeah. But they never go, yeah. oh, wait, what do you mean? So I quite like that, that that was clarified in this, that they just assumed she was joking and never mm. took it seriously. <laughs> um, because, I, I don't know, I quite like... I quite like it when the companions don't know anything about regeneration. The Doctor doesn't mention it until it happens. Um, whereas it, in recent years, it's become something that he talks about really regularly to the extent that in, in yeah. the end of time... It's like they have a training course these days, yeah. orientation days. And then even Wilf in the end of time goes, oh, but you told me you can regenerate sort of thing. And you think, like, what? how did that conversation come about? Well, if Mel was the same, she goes, well, I know all about regeneration. I thought, well, did you just yeah. sit down and have a chat about it one day? Well, isn't there a, a, some kind of statistic about the Colin Baker era that regeneration is mentioned in every story? Or is it every story in a season or something like that? I think it's, uh... 
I could believe that because, uh, yes, it was getting quite uh, incestuous in the, uh, the continuity at that point, wasn't it? So Yeah. But I confess I've never counted. I'm too busy basking in Colin's glory to count on such trivial things. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the um, Stephen Fry's character mentions it and then um, uh, and then the master always says... Uh, I suppose, I mean, if he has... I mean, the doctors work for the government. They're, they're going to have some knowledge about him, aren't they? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, all the um, the unit stuff would presumably be, be talking about. The unit would have shared information with MI6. Do we think with the, the doctor, with the security guards, is when they, they share that look, does the, do they security guards know they're doomed when they do that and the doctor's giving them a look and the, doc, the security guards gives, gives a sideways look like, look, we know this is going to end badly? Or do you think it's just like the doctor's sort of like sort of challenging their match of authority? I wasn't sure about it. I've watched it a few times now and I thought it could be read both ways. The, doctor, the, the guards are either giving, look, we know we're doomed, you get it sorted out quickly. Or, look, you just do as we say because we've got to do this. And I, I think, I found that really ambiguous both time I've watched it. This, this is the two Aussies yeah. that are outside. Yeah. yeah. I sort of like that with this, this doctor. It wasn't obvious the mm. way she was um, reacting to them. Whether it was sympathy for their plight or, oh God, they get on with it, you match your gift. So it was like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not and the sure. Bit with the yeah. lights is good. I've seen that done a few times now. I think I first saw it done in um, Sherlock, but it's become a bit of a trope now. So, like, centre lights coming on and off, but it still yeah. really works as an idea. There's something there, and the lights indicating it, but you can't see it. It's such a clever idea, and it worked. It was quite creepy in this again. Yeah, and it's something, um, yeah, sort of from real life as well, isn't it? Oh. That you can sort of, um, you know, if, if, if you somewhere and there's a, a centre light comes on, it doesn't make you sort of go, ooh, what was that? And then there's nothing there. You think, oh, it must have been a cat or something, but. Mm. Mm. I'm walking to work in the dark in a minute, and uh, loads of them go on as I sort of like walk up the road. Yeah, sometimes I'll be quite <laughs> just wear a skull mask or something. Yeah. Go past. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it could be an interesting way to end my career. But <laughs> mm. So, do we think the house is the TARDIS? It's spinning outside the yes. plane, isn't it? So. That's what I, I took it to be. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's got to be something disguised as a mm. as a house. So, do you think we'll get to see inside? Because there's something on the trailer, suspiciously console roomy. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we haven't seen that since what? Um, the original series, Mark of the Rani. Uh, oh no, no, it'd be uh, Trial of Time Lord. Trial of Time Lord, the Black Wolf. Yeah, yeah, because so. yeah, glitz, see, yeah, glitz in the time. Yeah, but I, I like to see. Uh, and being an utter geek, I adore other console rooms. So, uh, yes. yeah, and I'd have liked to have seen Missy's actually as well. Because uh, we haven't, this is the first time we've seen the Master's TARDIS mm-hmm. since. Uh, I don't think we've acknowledged that um, the Master had one until um, the last Capaldi's. Yeah, that, that John Simmer arrived. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't the TARDIS um, in or around St Paul's Cathedral. Oh, oh yes. Mean, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, in the. Um, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. The series 8. Um, Dark Water. Finale, yes, yeah. Yeah. No, that's true, yeah, that. Uh, Oh, yes, yeah, so we have seen it, but disguised as the Dawn of St. Paul's. Another excellent yes. uh, master <laughs> reveal as well. I do like a master reveal. Yeah. <laughs> but you notice as well that Sasha Dewan says master and not master. So that was uh, it's like mm. the, the northification of the of the series. Continues. Continues apace, yes. yes. <laughs> Standard slipping height. I'm right. <laughs> I'm right in saying that the other... The other masters all say, all pronounce it in a more southern way, don't they? With a master, mm. 
Yes. White Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do you say? I say master. Right. Master. Master. Yes. Mm. Can, I, can I just say as well, I'm sitting here with Keith, he's growing a goatee, and I'm wondering if that is um, because the <laughs> I know Sasha In honor, yes. Sasha Duan doesn't have one, but is it is it celebrate the return of the master? It's pure coincidence. <laughs> new year, new Keith. Yes, yeah. that's right, new face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my master life. Yes, that's it. The, fig- the uh, figures of the aliens in the window of the uh, tower block was really good. It was, it was quite festive, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> the only hint to the new year, it's sort of a concession for it, really, as being a new year special. Yeah, I didn't have some, some pattern being projected there, like a sort of a... It would take a clever person me to work Close out. encounters type thing. Yeah. I was quite surprised they didn't think they'd get caught on CCTV, though. Even though they had the device to press the button, was yeah, they were captured. That was it, really. I mean, the people in this modern world are used to cameras being everywhere, anyway. So yeah, think you can have a spy mindset. You think they'd be, uh, they'd have anticipated that? Yeah, that's it. But even at that point, they must have known that the alien, well, the alien that zapped Yaz was going to tell. Oh, we, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, Lenny Henry must know. The aliens presumably told him, oh, yeah, there was two. And then they're watching them on the, uh, the iPad later mm. in the house. That fabulous house. Michael, can you imagine living there? How beautiful mm. was yeah. that place? To think, nice. I mean, that's not a special effect. That's a real place. I was consumed with envy when I saw that place. My goodness. I, I love the way the, um, the, just go back to that scene, the way the alien levered up out of the desk. Hmm. Um it, you know, it's sort of like from horizontal to vertical, just kind of appeared. Like, like yeah, this. that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say because I was watching the the Mark Gatiss um, in search of Dracula. Oh, much better natural series. Oh right, oh, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, the Mark Gatiss documentary in search of Dracula and the the um, talking about Nosferatu and that um, the way that Nosferatu can go from sort of lying down to just sort of um, like pivot up to. Um, to horizontal, that's what it reminded me of, and I thought that was a really cool moment when the yeah. when the alien comes out of the desk like that. And I guess we obviously we're talking about the first part, so we don't know to what extent the aliens um, are controlled by uh, what's the name here? Is, is Barton, isn't Barton, it? Barton, I think. Yeah, yeah Barton. Mm. Um, Daniel Barton, yeah. Daniel Barton, whether from Bromsgrove. Mm. I nearly went to university in Bromsgrove. That would have been a connection. Oh, there you go. However, I didn't. So. <laughs> Yeah, so do you think that they wouldn't have needed the recording on the iPad to say, oh, there was two people in there? Do you think the aliens would have told him, oh, yeah, I zapped one of them, the other one got away, uh, and it's those two people? That it would be remiss of them if they didn't really, wouldn't it? Yeah. Unless they're so sort of like uh, alien, they don't mm. recognise us as individuals, maybe. But. Yeah. So the they don't need the recording on the iPad, and Yaz and Ryan would presumably know going into that that having already witnessed Barton talking to the aliens, mm. that they've already been rumbled. However, they had to get there, so... Yes. And really, the moment the doctor gets there, she confronts him anyway, so the cat's kind of mm. out of the bag, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, despite protesting his innocent, he then starts shooting at them. Uh... In an excellent vineyard chase, I wrote, because I thought that was genuinely exciting. I mean... Yeah. You can't really see that on Space Pirates, could you? I mean, years ago, I mean, no. you can just see how the budget has increased and how the style of the show has changed over the years. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, that was like, uh, like a, like a um, ITV series from the seventies style of um, action. Mm. I mean, obviously spending money. As I say, I just hope they haven't spent it all yet. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
But none of the bullets did yes, any Yes, that was very spectacular. No, yeah. All the bullets made little sparks, but didn't actually shatter any glass <laughs> or damage any of the vehicles. So that was obviously a bit money-saving. And he's obviously quite a rotten shot, because, I mean, you've got people mm. on bikes. People are quite large, and he didn't manage to shoot anybody, but unless he was trying not to, of course. Well, I suppose he's luring them to the airplane. To the plane for the master's big reveal, I suppose. For yeah. the master, yeah. It didn't seem like he could have got off the plane, because I think you see him... Uh, Accelerating and everything, don't you? You wonder how he um, got off when the plane was already. Did anybody think the snapper joke was funny? Because I, I thought that was really <laughs> <laughs> That was definitely something for the younger viewers. Yeah, yeah it was something I could imagine other doctors doing. I could imagine Matt Smith. Yeah, I could see them doing it better though. That was really badly done, I thought. It was yeah. like well, a few criticisms of her performance. Like, Ooh, that's bad. It's like Tom Baker asking for a pint of ginger pop in the Android invasion, you know. it's uh... Yeah, or a, a last jelly baby instead of a last cigarette, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Mm. Some of the, there is some clunky dialogue in here, which it, it's more the sort of the characters pointing out the obvious a little bit, isn't it? Or, you know. Um, well, yeah, with something like this, so there has to be a degree of exposition, and I think Stephen Fry did that very well in his uh, in his scene. But uh, yeah, yeah. But as it happens a couple of times where somebody points out something that's happening really obviously, only for another character to go, "Yes, I can see that." Oh, and at some point, they even ask Graham why he's providing the running commentary. You know, yeah. Are they getting ready for their eventual life on Big Finish? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, I thought Costum. Can you imagine trying to get that lot together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not as unlikely as getting a Gemma Coleman or anybody now. So, or Karen Gillan. Yeah. I think she's uh, probably she's well there. beyond their price range nowadays. Mm. So expect a lot of Pearl Mackey adventures in the future. <laughs> ah, sure, she's, um, she's destined for big things as well. She's very good. But yeah, get her now, definitely. Yeah, she's not in the Avengers movie, though, is she? No, no, that's true. I love the way the Master gets really angry when the um, Doctor tries to do something obvious with the Sonic, though. Like, do you think I wouldn't have anticipated that? And yeah. I said, one moment, it's really serious, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I'm not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the uh, Barton disappearing at first, but then a second watch, I realised his phone had gone off. He was obviously told, like, just to get out of the plane, wasn't he? Because he looked down at his phone and his phone's ringing. So that must have been when he was told right. by the master to get out there. Well, yeah, because I wasn't sure if he'd set the plane off, how he'd have got out. But then um, he could have just had a teleporter like the, the master, I suppose, and just... Um, He's obviously playing a big part in the next episode because he features quite heavily in the uh, mm. portrait of the, the, next, uh, the next episode. Today's episode. Today's episode. Ooh, isn't it exciting? Mm. Very exciting. So any, any predictions... Um, those who have gone over who we think the aliens might be I think they might just be something entirely new to be honest Insta, I mean I think maybe it's going to be like something recurring maybe they'll probably turn up in the last episode like a Tim mm. Shaw kind of thing maybe well this is the director of this episode has also directed the finale ah. but, but not um, Spyfall Part 2 yeah. which, really? um, which feels unusual I yeah, genuinely yeah. didn't know that So, but looking at the the, the trailer I mean, it does look like a totally different location it's all sort of dark mm. and gloomy and city-ish doesn't it and so, I think that's what it was mm. about really it was about one block being predominantly in South Africa and then another block being elsewhere so. it's quite unusual isn't it to have two directors on the same story though I don't think that's happened before has it? yeah but I suppose it goes with uh, I know it's always Stephen Moffat's um, belief isn't it in two parties that they should be quite distinct and not not one long story cut in two. Uh, so you think of things like the silence in the library that in the Ooh. second episode it starts off. Uh, you, mm. you, you've got Donna, haven't you, in the um, in the simulation? 
Well, I hope that is a conclusion to the actual um, cliffhanger, though, because it's certainly like the next scene is them all somewhere else, and ooh, yeah, good job we got out of that one. Well, we'll have to explain it someday. That would be real well, anticlimax. So if they have to show how they get out of the plane, yeah, if they survive. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. they're not in the not in the Spyfall Part Two trailer. Oh, so obviously all dead. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Save buying action dollars for them. And then the final thing was Uncle Terence on the credits, which was rather lovely, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, that was yes. really, really nice, wasn't it? Um, uh, and uh, especially, obviously, because they brought the master back, who's one mm. of his creations or joint, you know, co-creations with Barry Lex. That was an endless debate between the two of them, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm totally ad- um, academic because they're both BBC employees, so they had no rights to any of the money anyway. So uh, it was purely kudos, I think. I think for, from Barry Lex, his autobiography, they, they, he says that, you know, there's a lot of things where they can't clearly say who thought of what because it came up in discussions. They uh, and and they just bounced off each other and ideas just sort of rose. I think I think he says that Terence Sticks came up with the name the Master, um, but between them, they you know the idea of a, a Moriarty figure was uh, was something that they they came up with. It was more or less played within um, war games, really, wasn't it? Because I mean, mm. war, uh, the war chiefs more or less. The master in a lot of ways. In fact, some people even say he is, but yeah, I won't have it. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely a precursor at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. So I have absolutely no idea what is going to happen tonight, and I kind of like it that way. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's really quite exciting. Definitely. I do feel. I mean, some people claim that they were spoiled with this episode, and I do feel sorry for them because it was taking a great deal of the, uh, the fun out of it for them. It, it that was genuinely amazing that having that uh, that reveal. I think then it it's quite mean for people to literally go online instantly and, and release the like say, oh, it's such and mm-hmm. such. Because I thought, what a shame! You deliberately taken that that moment away from other people. Now I was quite clever. I just said, oh, that moment. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I think thought, um, thought that was a shame. You've got to bear in mind, yeah, viewers in other countries, or well, even just like and New Year's Day, people have. Families and other degree things they have to deal with. Yeah. So they, uh, <laughs> they're not necessarily going to be watching it at that moment. So I thought it was a pity. Yeah, I mean, none of those things are important as Doctor Who, but I, I see what you mean. Yeah, there's uh, competing priorities. Mm. Uh, but yeah, and, and, and Doctor Who is really the only thing that I watch on broadcast. Um, well, his dark materials, that's the other thing recently I watch on broadcast, but they're pretty much the only things. And I work a lot of Sundays, so I'm going mm. to uh, actually be on catch-up in the next few weeks, I think. So. Yeah, you have to stay off Twitter. Oh. Which I don't look at at work There anyway. has been <laughs> such a lot of good stuff on BBC over Christmas. It's been, uh, been feeling quite spoilt with it all, really. Oh, yeah, the Christmas Carol adaptation I thought was excellent. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. I did too. I don't think it's something for like my mum, who absolutely loved Dickensian and thought it was her favourite program of all time. You know, but I really uh, liked Dickensian as well. It was a shame that 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 got axed because I think it was planned for more, wasn't it? It had so much potential. Yeah, and the the quality of actors that it attracted as well. You know, they should have made more effort to keep it going. I suppose it could still be revived, but. quite interesting that it's always Mrs. Cratchit who's uh, ah, up yes. to no good. Yeah, She's I always thought, the one with the dark secret. I thought that was interesting, yeah. Um, but no, really, really, really good adaptation. Just a, a lot more depth mm. and, uh, and packed much more of a punch, didn't it? So yes, from the um, writers of Peaky Blinders. So, yes. yeah. It's, um... Yeah, very good. And the new words of Gummidge? Oh, well, what can we say about that? If you haven't seen it, 
I don't it. know I own it, Terry. I literally watch <laughs> Doctor Who. That's probably about it. Well, there's only two episodes of Wales I've got made. Yeah. It's well worth it mm. now. It's a really, really lovely adaptation. I watched Miranda. Yeah. That was bizarre. It melted even my icicle heart. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's good stuff. I found the picture a bit creepy. I think that pulled me up wrong. Of Wurzel. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think he looked creepier in a still photo than right. um, on screen and his face being animated. It's more um, uh, accurate to the book, though, because he's, he's a turnip head in the book, isn't he, rather than ah, sort of right. like sort of dirt and feathers or whatever it was. Yeah, straw sticking out and everything. Mm. And, uh, Michael Palin was lovely in that as well. Really, really great part for him. Mm. <laughs> Michael Palin, lovely shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't cast, <laughs> cast as many villains, does he? Would be nice one day just to go. What a git Michael Palin is. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him in Doctor Who. Actually, we never never had. Uh, that was surprising. Yeah, it's only been uh, John Cleese, I think, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, true. Because um, Eric Idle was rumoured heavily, well, re- regularly at least during the world. Him and show, Donald Sutherland were always the ones that seemed to come up, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Eric Idle, Donald Sutherland, and um, Paul Daniels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, Ter- yeah, that would have been horrible. <laughs> Brian Blessed a couple of times. Yeah, that'd be Yeah, yeah, that'd have been a good one. The master's alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all my notes. Mm-hmm. Unless anybody's got any. Apart from Amy trying to um, work out where uh, this new master comes in the uh, the list, but. I'm quite believe he's just the next one after Gomez, to be honest. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd... all this being dead doesn't really bother the master very much, does it? So. No, and I think it'd be needlessly fiddly to say that it was um, if they started, you know, bringing it in that it was uh, pre John's. Well, it can't be pre John's thing, can it? We have to be pre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, um, yeah. Well, we know that it goes definitely <clears throat> goes Jacoby Sim Gomez. So with a. An unbroken run. I think I, I just think it'd be needlessly uh, fiddly and complicated to to, to to make it to put it anywhere else. Mm. So being dead never really bothers the master, so I think it's just the next one. Yeah. Mm. And then tonight I feel the proves completely wrong. It's to be an alternative yes. master from another universe. This is all in the Matrix, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's multiple Earths because it's all a fiction. Yeah, the, the multiple Earths things are definitely interesting. He has to wake up until it all been a dream. Yeah. Mm. Well, if there's a mul- multiple Earths and there's multiple opportunities and reasons for multiple diverse regenerations, I suppose. So the Master could have had one of those. Mm. In one reality, he regenerated into Michel Gomez. In the other, he regenerated into Sasha Duan. Mm. In Big Finish, the, the alternative universe Master is Mark, Mark Gatiss, Gatiss, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But also, I mean, the... Uh, uh, Jack War Master is resurrected Master from the Time War, so this could be the original Master before the Time War. Yes. So who knows? True. But let's not go down there. <laughs> People's heads he's certainly right more, there. he's closer to the Roger Delgado Master. Yeah. He's yeah. got that sort of suaveness that Anthony Amy didn't quite have. So. I'd much prefer to see that than another um, sort of uh, John Sim as he was in the RTD era. Um, I liked him much more when he came back for the uh, World Enough and Time. It'll be interesting to see what he does when he's full-blown master in this episode, though, really, where he will go. 
Yeah. Like the, we'll go over the top or not. Mm-hmm. And what do we think this do 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 thing is? It's got like a, like oh, a Morse code thing on the yeah, tree, hasn't it? Like a, telegraph speech, mm. a telegraph thing going it's on. Back, the it's yeah. it's back to the sound of drums. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. I'm yeah. just being over. <laughs> <laughs> over analytical. Mm-hmm. Thing, but the, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me once again. No problem. Thanks for the coffee. I think I needed it. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, I definitely needed my caffeine today. Series 12 off to a great start. Yes. We'll be uh, covering each episode on the podcast with uh, a range of excellent co-hosts. So hopefully uh, you'll stay with us. Uh, Where can we find you guys on Twitter or elsewhere? Oh, I'm still 50DW50 from the anniversary, which is getting really, really remote now. (laughs) And I am still at Cup of Tea 69, which I wish I'd thought through more thoroughly. (laughs) 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 And on that bombshell. (laughs) On that bombshell, you can follow the podcast at at trap1 underscore. Find us on Facebook. Instagram um, and like and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from thanks very much for listening goodbye bye bye